you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our tubes to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Which Police Radio. I'm here with... Uh... A band that has not been on the show together in in many years. I think that I was trying to think back to when the the first time I had the two of you on the show was as a unit, and it's got to be like 2016 or 17 or something. It's it's quite a while back, and I know that you've both been on individually, but I'm very excited to have like the official return of Bicycle Face a, as a duo uh, on the podcast. So, um, the best way to start this off is if the two of you want to introduce yourselves and just maybe explain a bit about what you do in the group, and uh, we can take it from there. <laughs> I'll go first. Sure. Hi, it's great to be back. Uh, I'm Ava. I play guitar and sing in Bicycle Face, and I write one half of the songs that we play. <laughs> and I'm Teresa, and I play synth, and I sing, and I've been playing a little drum machine as of late, and I write... Um, one half of the songs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the I remaining did, half. I did the yeah. math, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that, you know, one of the things that I think we should maybe start off with is what has been the sort of trajectory here of Bicycle Face? Because I know you were active and then you became individually unicycle faces and then now you're back. How long has the, 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 the two, how have the two of you been making Bicycle Face music sort of since the return of the band? Okay, yeah. So I moved to the States, which is when we had our schism, and I became a Unicycle Face USA, and Ava became Unicycle Face Canada. And I think it really was the pandemic where we started, like, planning for an album. We did a cover. We did some videos. It was all long distance. Um we, we kept our Christmas show alive, mostly in the interim years. We would reconcile for Christmas, as everyone generally does. Right. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I think it was really starting in 2020. So it was a break of about four years where we didn't, didn't have a lot going on. And then, so this, but this idea of doing a space album, I mean, I feel like this is something that's been been in the cards for a while, right? I mean, when I first met you, you had space backdrops, just like, you know, I think it was a curtain or something we used for the photo. And this, this seems to be like a recurring theme, which is awesome. Like, I mean, you know, I've been in bands that have played music that was described as space music. So I can definitely relate to the, uh, the subject matter. But what's the uh, story with the space theme? Yeah, this has been cooking for a long time. <laughs> I think like, our first space song was probably Rosetta, a song that Teresa wrote maybe six or seven years ago. No, that's an older one. Uh, and 
Teresa could maybe <laughs> say what that song's about if you want to. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess right now. Yeah, go for it. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Um, <laughs> so it's technically like it's it's a long distance relationship song, actually. But I just covered it in this news story I read that was about the um, okay, I don't want to get the details wrong. The Rosetta spaceship was going towards Comet 16983 or whatever it is, going to land a spacecraft on a comet for the first time. And during this space mission, they discovered that the comet was singing. Um, or that's what they said very poetically. It was just make, it was making sound. So I was like, what would a comet song sound like? And that's what I came up with this ode to a spaceship uh so yeah all that that was never with any grand scheme in mind but then we just gradually kept collecting space songs like we would just keep writing them and eventually we had enough for an album so <laughs> that's kind of how it came about and yeah we I, did, yeah I, I feel like we had like like two or three at one point where we were like because you wrote that one, and sorry, I just put you on the stop spot and made you explain the whole thing because I just love that concept of that song. Uh, and then I had one called Constellation. Uh, and then somehow we must have had another one. And then you had the idea of writing a response from the comet or from the spaceship back to the comet and at that point we had at least the concept for four songs and we were like that's enough for an ep and we were like ep phone home it's brilliant <laughs> so we were gonna the original plan is we were gonna release this ep of like maybe four or five space songs it would be called ep phone home we did in subsequent years, Google that, and it turns out there is like a podcast already called that. So it's a really good uh, name. I'm not surprised someone someone took it. Yeah, yeah. It's and too I think good. Ben Queller has an album called okay. EP Phone Home. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we decided not to go with that, but by that point, we had so many songs that it was bigger than an EP. We had just somehow collected kept writing space songs i think without even really meaning to and we looked at the sat down looked at them finally we were like okay we've been planning this for years and we were like oh we have a full album's worth here <laughs> that's awesome like what, what do you think it is about space that um has been so inspirational for so long like wh why space i mean it, i guess it's like a vast like pun not intended topic uh, to, 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 to play off, but what is the appeal to both of you about, about space uh, as songwriters? Oh, I think there's just so much material. Like there's like so much metaphor, so much with the unknown and with the distance. And um, we've also, a couple of our songs are, uh, we are astrological as well. Uh, so we don't strictly stick to the science necessarily. <laughs> I mean, depending on your uh, mindset. Right, um, right. But like, there's just so much space adjacent material to look at. But I think, yeah, yeah, there's just a lot of wonder in it for me. Yeah, and I feel like also, Teresa, you've used the term uh, like escapism before to apply to like our band and even to like the space aesthetic. And I feel like there was something that clicked for us with Bicycle Face where we were like, space fits with this band there's something a little goofy 
happy about it. To me, yeah. anyway, I don't know. <laughs> just, space is there's something a little bit just funny and weird about space, and I feel like we're a little bit like that, where it's like uh, things can be strange and esoteric and funny and out there, and not having to like kind of stick to a certain thing. Yeah. So yeah, the theme seemed to really fit. Well, I, I just like as a listener, I, I definitely would say that it makes sense somehow. Like it doesn't seem. Un- <laughs> Un- unusual that bicycle face would be putting out a space record like it it definitely it's, somehow whatever it is maybe it is that that kind of goofy nature of it you know mixed with the uh possibility that you can go with space concepts i'm not sure but um so yeah i'm glad you're doing a space record <laughs> what i was gonna ask though is is how how if obviously you've both been involved in other projects i mean i've had you both on the podcast with separately talking about the other things you've been working on and how, how has the sound of the two of you changed over the years like you know the last bicycle fuzz record was a while back now and what would you how would you sort of describe the sound now and how it's maybe shifted or improved or however you want to look at it well we i feel like so this our first ep was recorded um very like the same way that we play um so as a duo guitar and keyboard and voice uh was done by J. Riley Hill. He did a great job. Was yeah. like, thought it was just a beautiful like way of capturing exactly the way that we perform. And I think that like as we've kind of played more and maybe played with other people and gotten more experience playing in other projects where there are like bass and drums and like these bigger projects. Uh, at least for me, anyway, in my songwriting, I just started to always hear like bass and drums I kind of hear just like things being a little bit more epic and like kind of like a maybe a not quite like a prog band vibe but like just really like kind of that complexity in music so I think over the years we've been hearing more of a full band sound which has then presented us with the challenge of like okay do we hire a full band for everything which we are doing for this release show we cool, have cool. some other musicians that we like a lot playing with us um but also Teresa started playing drum machine for some of our more recent shows so poor Teresa just just learning all the instruments I still just show up with a guitar or two Teresa's <laughs> <laughs> like really like at the dashboard of a spaceship working all of the buttons so so yeah i feel like our sound has grown a lot in that way with playing the drum machine like are you programming drums or are you actually playing them live playing the drum um, machine live mostly just triggering like triggering drum sequences okay, okay. um but a little bit a little bit because it yeah of certain limitations and you used to i did used to play keyboard drums before we got our drum yeah. machine so right. well yeah. is it like what kind of drum machine is it? is it like a new fancy thing or is it one of those old like kind of uh awesomely clunky sounding ones okay it's about in the middle it is newer <laughs> but like we did we did have this experience when i would come back for our christmas show and we would rent things one year i remember we tried renting a drum machine and it was this beautiful roland from Long and McQuaid and and we were trying it out with some of our songs and we're like, this sounds too good. It sounds so good. We need this to be shittier. So we <laughs> so we ended up just using Ava's Casio keyboard. Nice. And it was perfect. But this is uh, the drum machine I have is an Arturia drum brute, which is analog, so it doesn't it I feel like it captures like a it's like a 
crisp but not too clean sound so it's uh i like it but still sometimes i'm like we should run this through a bunch of pedals and make it sound worse so yeah we'll get it we'll get into the vintage drum machines as we go this is just our first model well as long as you can still get the shitty aesthetic right (laughs) exactly it's a little bit of diy yeah yeah She came to life as a Capricorn, proximal wife of a cold December born, Sagittarius ripe with wandering lust. He chased her mermaid thighs through the sky each dusk. And her bare heart shivered in the winter light when the watery stars did align one night. But Aquarius, promising a holy grail, bore only broken vows in his empty pail. Aside from like, you know, you're saying before about, about kind of the weirdness around the band, I think that that DIY-ness of it is what I always liked as well, is the fact that you were both playing there, you know, and, and doing things live with, with just a keyboard and, and, and 
keyboard drums and, <laughs> and a guitar and stuff. And it has that kind of uh, very, very organic feel. And it was unpredictable, I think, too. Even that Christmas record you did, um, some of the things that happened on that record are just kind of like out of left field. And I really like it because it's, you know, Christmas as a genre, I think, is very... Um, expected and everything is very much sort of has to be done a certain way and you made a very strange christmas record which i really like but i mean so that's a, i mean that is a compliment for sure but uh yeah yeah so when is the um actually you know what let's just talk about christmas for a minute why why christmas because you've always done christmas shows you have this christmas record that came out a few years ago why christmas what is the appeal of that i mean space and christmas are very question. different themes and, and they seem to both fit somehow christmas is also funny <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we love house shows, and Christmas is a great time for a house show. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of how it started. But then we came up with this alter ego that we would transform into the Christmas band Mirvana, um, and that was just the end. We just had to do that all the time, every year. <laughs> At one point in our early years, our only bio was mostly non-Christmas joy pop. That was the description of Bicycle Face for like the first three years of our existence. <laughs> I think it's fun. still somewhere on the internet. We're still <laughs> described as mostly non-Christmas joy pop, yeah. That feels accurate still. I mean, you have one Christmas EP, right? But the rest of it isn't Christmas, so you're mostly. That's right, mostly non-Christmas. Yeah. Um, that, okay. It became like, I think a real community thing, the show, like, I remember people saying like, oh, it doesn't feel like Christmas until, you know, the Bicycle Face Christmas house show. So yes. I and even though it was like kind of a lot to get together when I was living in another country, sure. it was still still worth it. So the album actually came about because um, we were planning a call-in show for, for 2020. We were gonna do, like it was deep pandemic. We were gonna do a call-in show we had it all planned out and then Ava got COVID like very early on and we were like, okay, we can't do this call-in show. Let's record a Christmas album in three weeks instead. And so that's what we did. Ava was still recovering from COVID. We just, I did the, you know, whatever I could with mixing it and uh, that's where it came about. And yeah, yeah. We did all the mixing and then we made like two music videos also, I think. <laughs> or three. There's a music video technically for every song on the yeah. album, even if it's just a little gif, right? So yeah. <laughs> How was that thing received? I mean, because it's a Christmas album. I mean, which it on its own is kind of like an oddity in terms of music because it's it seems so stuck in a time and place. But I mean, did people did you get a good response from it? People have referenced the videos to me a lot still. Yeah. So I think, and, and people told me they listened to it, you know, a couple times on Christmas Day. I, moms really seem to like it. We are, <laughs> moms are a big part of our demographic. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's a story about four nuns of gray. Spell it with an E or A, but it's really an E, not an A was on the prairie and if you got sick it really was quite scary the sisters packed their belongings and with some singing and some songing headed west on their merry merry way and they measured how far they went 
by the skies red to blue gradient from Montreal to Winnipeg could cost you both your arm and leg down that winding river they did paddle and for 58 days they did battle against steep slopes and dead trees snakes and serpents and is like a unexpected segue into you've made a music video that just came out a few days before we're recording this um so that, that that's an interesting <laughs> interesting video for sure what what can you tell me about that because i think that if anyone hasn't seen it yet they should definitely check it out and i will link to it in the the show notes because it's worth seeing but what what's the backstory behind that video <laughs> hey, <but you're> <laughs> it's your, your song <laughs> okay then Right, I guess I did write that song many years ago. Um, yeah, that song uh, is uh, a love story about two alien conspiracy theorists, okay. one of whom seems to have been abducted by aliens, and that was the working title of the song also for the first few years that we played it. We have since shortened it to Alien Mind, which is a line from the chorus. Yeah, so I kind of imagined the song as like this kind of story about someone who's disappeared and like maybe it's aliens or maybe not um but I, teresa's addition to that song was very like x files i think like as soon as we started playing it together it was like keep i was like keyboard solo here and teresa was like x files theme references it's just like so cool and clever and uh and i think we ended up kind of running with that element of the song we have these two suits that are matching that were a gift to from your aunt to your mom yeah accidentally accidentally gave her two of the same suit wow but they fit fit us perfectly <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, so we had those green suits, and yeah, so something with the X-Files theme and those two green suits, we were like, oh, we're secret agents investigating <laughs> uh, alien activity. And it's filmed on uh, Teresa's parents' farm. Teresa's dad kind of steals the show. He's a like, an excellent actor as the farmer whose cows have been abducted by aliens. <laughs> And the, the cows do a good job with it too. It's I, I remember seeing photos that you posted on social media of the filming of it, and I was really excited that the cows were going to be in the video because yeah, it's a yeah. it's a nice it's a nice touch. Prominent, yeah, <laughs> prominent cows for sure. They're naturals, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I guess that's like another way you can go with the space thing, right? You can do the sciencey stuff, you can do the astrology, you can do the sci-fi, you can do the the kind of alien abduction, X Files stuff. So it's it's a really um, limitless kind of uh, topic. Yeah. We also have one song. Okay, our one like little cheat is that we have a song that I also wrote many years ago. I think before the the space album plan came about, called Deep Sea, which is about a squid living under the sea, uh, warning humans about climate change. And uh, I think that so that's the one kind of non-space song that's flipped in there because we were like. The ocean is the space of the earth, <laughs> and, uh, and the, the sound really fits. So yeah, we, we really took it uh, different different places. I really, it, it, it does make sense though. Place. I mean, you're in like a weird. You can't breathe. You're in a weird little ship if you're under if you're there, right? So it's okay. I can see the parallels for sure. The weird creatures yeah. swimming around, and yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> so when can people hear the record? And I know you probably have a release show happening and everything. Uh, you have, you do have a release show happening. What are the details of all of that? Um, so we're releasing the album November 18th at the Goodwill, and we're going to release it online on all the streaming sites and Bandcamp and everything the same day. And uh, yeah, so we're assembling a full band for that. We'll have uh, Kelsey Nicholson on drums, Ashley Ow on bass, and John Himes, my partner, on guitar. Cool. Uh, so uh, we'll also have Cantor Dust be playing. and uh, Also very space-themed. They're gonna wear their space suits, uh, so we're pretty excited about that. And Steve Basham and the Vanity Dads, and Steve has also promised to wear a costume. So the whole party is is costumes encouraged. If people are, you know, still have the energy after Halloween, but I think it's, it's far enough away. Yeah, whatever spacey apparel, you know, a costume or or just something shiny. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So tickets are, I think, on the Goodwill website and. More details there, but yeah, show pass. Cool, cool.
The album itself, I mean, I'm assuming people can probably get it at the show, but what's the best way? I mean, there's so many ways people get music now, and it's impossible to keep track of all of them. So as the actual artist behind this, how would you prefer someone picks up this record, whether it's physical or digital or whatever, when it comes out? Like, do you have a preference for where they should go to find it? Well, we do like Bandcamp because they actually, you can like buy the album there and a large portion actually goes to the artists yeah um but yeah it will be streaming on all the streaming sites so yeah if you're a Bandcamp person that would be lovely but otherwise we encourage people to listen to it wherever they want to awesome and then i guess i i i, I feel like i can't have you on the show without mentioning the logo and i know you have new merch coming and it is my favorite band logo i i, I mean that completely <laughs> sincerely it's the most ridiculous and like makes me happy to look at logo <laughs> so i'm glad i'm glad you have more merch we need to see more of that weird ms paint bicycle face thing happening out in the world um is that something people can get uh, online as well at Bandcamp, i imagine 
Yeah, we do have some merch on Bandcamp. Yeah, absolutely. Um, once we get this order in, we're hoping we can get the merch in for the show. The uh, supply chain stuff is a little bonkers these days, but um, yeah, but very hopefully. And if not, it'll be available on Bandcamp after the show. Cool, cool. And then I guess, um, you know, because this is a podcast, someone could hear it. Uh, the day comes out or they can hear it a year later and I mean by then you might have a totally new record happening or who knows um, what's the best way to sort of keep up on what you're doing as a band and find out about upcoming shows and things like that uh, Instagram is where we're the most active yeah sometimes we sometimes we forget about Facebook we shouldn't because but, but it's a little less predictable because our moms like. are on Facebook <laughs> well and that's your audience and all that's, the moms that's your demographic <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah our people yeah, yeah. <laughs> We should not forget it. We won't forget about Facebook in the future. Yeah, but probably Instagram is the most dependable way. Awesome, awesome. I'm amongst all these heroes, I think I might have found the one. But like Emperor Nero, I'm flying too close to the sun. You might say.